Innovation Show is back with your guest host, Sergey Ross, and I'm here with Steve Grillis, who went from aspiring rock star to a rock star product manager to now a senior director of product at SideRx, software platform that connects doctors and patients with clinical trials. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Aspiring rock star. What, what happened? Like that, <laughs> you, you were into music. Yeah, yeah, still am actually, but uh, you know, it's a it's a hard life, and and it's, what's funny is the whole music journey for me was uh, I loved writing, I loved, I loved performing, I still write songs. It's very much a part of who I am. But but the road you you, you got to be built for that. And I, I lied to myself for a long time that I enjoyed touring and I hated. I really uh, I prefer being home. I have a family. You know, it's it's definitely more the place for me. Right. Yeah. It's it's got to be difficult. Like to that's a commitment. And then if you're doing live performances, obviously that what you meant right like that is just uh all day 24 7 type of thing it, it has to be the only thing you care about if you have any other interests uh that in, in any creative field <laughs> if you have any other interests besides that creative field you will fail because it's hard and it's miserable most of the time and you get that one hour a day of pure bliss being on stage or you know meeting people and you know all that stuff but other than that you're like in a van with a bunch of smelly dudes and eating denny's every meal and that is not the way i choose to live my life um <laughs> uh yeah so if, if you are 100 committed to the arts then you'll figure out a way to make it happen but but if you have even the slightest window out <laughs> you're gonna jump i promise you Sounds like writing almost. <laughs> yeah, white <laughs> right shoes in, book. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go clean those shoes instead of working on that chapter. For sure. That's that's totally it. Uh, limitless. Yeah. If uh, you have, <laughs> obviously, probably everybody's seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. Steve, talk to me about the philosophy of uh, martial arts. I know you are into martial arts. Where is the parallel between the martial arts and product management? Because you have uh, strong opinions around uh, around both. Yeah, you know, this is a very vast subject. I'll try to, I'll try to keep it uh, on rails for you. But, but really, I, I just found how to unlock my own sort of best self uh, through my martial arts training. Um, I started dabbling in martial arts early in life, but I really didn't commit to that journey until I was in my, um, you know, later thirties, early forties. Um, for me, it was Krav Maga, which technically is not a martial art; it's a self-defense um, uh, approach. But um, but really what, what it what it taught me was how to deal with hard things, um, how to fail, uh, how to to exist in a problem solving mode under tremendous stress. And the unlock for me really came one day when I realized life is all of these things, right? Like the relationships, workplace, you know, uh, you know, difficult conversations, oh, yeah. you know, children, you know, it's all, I'm not choking my children out, but it, you know, it's all about, this is a difficult situation that requires me to be a better version of myself. Uh, cause we all know what happens when we're not the good version of ourselves, right? Well, we, 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 we don't, the conversation doesn't go the way we want. Uh, the, the product doesn't ship the way we want. Like the, the thing that we're most afraid of happens if we, if we aren't bringing our best self. Um, so yeah, the training it just, it, it's less the physical and definitely more the, the mental aspect of the training that, that I bring into my everyday and I try to bring into my teams as well. It's a, it's a quicker feedback loop, isn't it? You fail mm -hmm. quicker and then you get, then take that and to apply it into product, for example, that does fail, uh, but just happens to be over a period of months. 
Right. And, and th we're seeing that trend for a while now around like fail fast, you know, um, learn quickly, uh, you know, constantly iterate. All of these things are, are part of that, that, that philosophy. The problem is if you don't actually buy into the failure part, right? If people just say fail fast and really they mean ship fast and they don't actually learn from the thing that they're shipping, like they're not actually, you know, they're not failing. They're not allowing themselves. They're not taking risks. They're not taking challenges. They're not pushing themselves. They don't know how to measure success so that when they do get that feedback loop, they can take action upon it, right? They're not, they're not seeing the thing in a way that is constructive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Context. Totally. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you said this, which I thought was great. Fear is the number one reason for shipping great products or for not shipping great products. <laughs> why, why you picked, why did you pick that? <sighs> I think it goes back to, you know, what I was saying a minute ago in that when we are in a state of fear, we are incapable of seeing through the fog, right? Fear puts on blinders that, that, you know, are impenetrable. So if, and I think we're in one right now, right? Like, you know, all of a sudden you know, the market's not going so well, there's a war happening and you know, the economy, oh, the economy's falling off a cliff, right? I'm, I'm already starting to see companies are starting to, to exist in a fear spiral, right? Everyone's worried about layoffs. Everybody's worried about all of these different things. You know, people are trying to stretch the, the, they have an investment from VCs that's supposed to last 12 months. Now it has to last 24, whatever. Um, that's fear, right? Not to say that now's not a time for belt tightening, but, but overreacting to that fear is what, is what is, can, can occur. And when we're shipping things or when we're trying to build something from that, from that mindset or from that state, like we're going to build the wrong thing. We are thinking about the wrong thing. We're thinking about what we don't want to happen. And that is the easiest way for it to happen, right? Versus like, so if I'm a product manager and this ties into the, the, the uh, insecurity piece around, around product managers. Um, sure. If I'm afraid that you're going to discover me as really just a QA person who's masquerading as a product manager, and trust me, I spent a long time <laughs> thinking like that. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that you're going to think less of me, or I'm worried that you're going to think that I'm not good enough at this job, or I'm worried about all these different things. What I'm not worried about is what my customer needs, right? What my customer needs is a thing that does X, Y, Z, right? Totally. So take myself, push it aside figure out what, what, how to give my customer the thing that they need that's going to unlock the, the job to be done that really that they're looking to unlock. And now by virtue of that, I'm a product manager delivering value to my customer <laughs> versus like yeah. worrying about my the, the me and all of that, which is just, you know, the quickest way to cause all sorts of problems. Right. But you also need to have the team, the boss and the whole um, the whole ecosystem set up right. So the people don't feel insecure in a sense that they don't know what's happening behind their back. And, and uh, it, it's a, it's a also bigger, bigger piece besides your individual component in a way, right? It is, but, but I think that that's framing, right? So one of the main things about product uh, that I'm always telling my team is like, you know, this is a pretty popular idea about what product managers are. It's like, we have all of the responsibility and none of the authority. So our job is entirely based on influence, our ability to influence people. Right. And so if, if, uh, again, like being the calm in the storm person that can walk into the room and clearly articulate, here's what you're afraid of. And here's how we're going to solve it with product. 
if you can do that with like, you know, clarity, focus, and intent, you will yeah. win every single, you, you, the roadmap will just, you know, they'll just, everyone will just fall all over themselves to allow you to do the thing that you're trying to do. Because you're not telling, right? You're showing. You are showing how you are going to get this company out of the state it's in. You're showing how you're going to resolve some of these big major pain points that the company's experiencing through your product line, and that you're going to end up not only providing your customer value, but you're also going to provide value to the company, which is the thing that they're most afraid of, that, you know, things aren't going well and we're about to fall off a cliff or, you know, we need revenue or whatever, whatever the anxiety that is driving the business. We product are not allowed to fall into that anxiety trap. We are not allowed to, to, to become victims of that fear, right? We can't. Otherwise, we're, we're all <laughs> we're all going to drive this yeah. thing off a cliff. Like it is our job to be sort of the, the, the adult in the room and the calming voice in the room that says, we got this. Here's the plan. Let's move. Where do you feel like it falls apart in most scenarios, in uh, most typical software companies? Uh, if we take, for example, one of the products, maybe have an example of a product or a feature that failed and where like where does that train go off rails? I think when we're not aligned on a common uh, outcome is where things start failing. Um, and that clarity I put solely in the hands of product. That is our job. Um, <laughs> there have been times when, when I played the card of like, didn't you read the spec? Or, you know, it was the first line of the PRD or, you know, all that really like sanctimonious nonsense that, that we can fall ourselves into. I don't care if it's the first line of the spec. If people yeah. didn't know it was in there, that's your fault. You know, it, it, it is our job to drive clarity. It is our job to drive focus. And if people aren't aligned on the, on the vision, they don't get it yet. Get them in a rooms and talk about it and make sure that everyone understands why are we doing this, right? If there's a clear why and everyone's on board, that really unlocks most of it. Because from my experience, the, the, the failure comes down to execution. We fail in executing because there was a lack of clarity, there was a lack of focus, there was a lack of vision. Um, and then people start sliding into that fear state where it's like the engineering manager is like, well, the spec wasn't clear enough. Or, you know, the operations person was like, didn't know how to deploy it. Or QA is like, I didn't understand how to test this well because of X, Y, Z. And and sales is like, you missed the mark. This is not what my customer wanted. You know, and, and, and it becomes that finger point and this is the worst case possibility obviously but i mean yeah. it becomes that finger pointing game and and you know we can avoid all of that if it, we're all very clear on what it is we're trying to accomplish how, how often steve do you talk about the why and the vision behind the product when you're building it with your team like what is your regular cadence to to speak about it because i don't it's probably not the one-time thing no no i mean to me this drives every conversation that I, that, that we're having with, with, as a product team, Mo uh, Monday mornings, we meet, um, to have an alignment meeting where we're really just focusing on, um, you know, see if anything's changed generally while we're a small startup, things don't change all that much. Like it's pretty clear what we're working on, what the top priorities are, but you know, as various product owners of various verticals, we're all just want to make sure that we're all aligned around what we're trying to accomplish on Mondays. Um, I like to try to curb some of the chaos by saying like, Everyone needs to have one thing that they are absolutely going to accomplish this week. One thing that you, you have to get done. And that meeting's for that, to really make sure that we're all very aligned around who's one thing they're trying to accomplish. And then Friday, we have another quick follow-up of like, did we or didn't we, right? Show, don't um, tell. 
<laughs> yes, show don't tell. And and that's just that's not uh, it's accountability, but it's not like a shaming accountability. It's just like let's get better at this. Let's make sure that we are not getting into a state where we're allowing the chaos of startup life to to just sort of take over our schedules, right? Where we're being disciplined around we have this thing we must accomplish and we're going to do it and we're going to hold ourselves accountable. As far as like a um that vision gets murkier and murkier the further away from product you get. So I try to have uh, all of the product managers have meetings with the leads of the various teams that they're working with um, weekly, so that that alignment happens as well. Yeah. I mean, and then you know, I, I we have a we have a town hall monthly where where you know we invite the entire company to come and see the product roadmap and what we're working on, and 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 this entirely framed about, around why. Um, nothing is more confusing to a non-product or a non-tech person than a list of features on a, on, in product board, right? Like, you know, I literally don't care. Where's my thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell me why my thing is not a priority is really what, what they care about. And if you could frame it around why and the problem we're trying to solve and what we're going to unlock by releasing these things, I think you get a lot more cross-company alignment. Yeah, customer is going to be the last on that list for sure. Mm. <laughs> they, they just want this, this damn thing to work. Uh, absolutely, and you know, in, in my current in my current role, we're we have external customers, but we have a lot of internal customers as well. We're really the um, uh, the the functionality that unlocks my company's ability to do what it, its job is, and and you know, so we have a lot of internal stakeholders, which is amazing because we can interview them a lot, and we can make sure that we're, we have our finger on the pulse. But at the same time, they know exactly who to call <laughs> when things aren't working the way they want them to. So, a lot of absolutely. that. Absolutely. What about three principles? You spoke a little bit about your three principles to ship in great work or better quality mm -hmm. work. Which are the ones that you do follow? Sure. And this is straight Krav Maga for, for, for everyone to know. I got this from my coach, Denny Zelig. Um, clarity, focus, and intent, right? Um, be clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And as a company, it's really about be clear about the change you want to make in the world. Like, who do you want to be when you grow up? You know, um, yeah. I, I think as, in, as early stage startup, we have a vision, we have a mission, we're trying to do this thing. Uh, keeping that clarity of, of purpose, I think, really is, is critical. Otherwise, you know, get off the rail really quick. Focus. Um, that's the map. That's the, okay, you want to be way over here. Where am I right now? Right. And the, again, product, this is our this is where we live. We live in the now, but how we're going to build to that future state that we want to get to. And then intent. And um, this, I think, is where, where we fail the most because fear gets in the way of intent every day of the week. Um, fear makes us question ourselves. Fear makes us doubt ourselves. Intent says, you know, it pushes all of that aside and goes, this is what I'm doing today. Test, repeat, oh, fail, go. You know, and, 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 and that, that dogged, like, determination. Um, you know, the first time you and I chatted, I saw in the background you had a, a Mike Tyson poster. It says, every, everyone has a plan. There it is. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Unacceptable. My plan is my plan. I'm going to get punched in the face. Hell, I get punched in the face all the damn time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 yes. by intentionally, I'm not <laughs> like sparring with friends. Um, and it's not fun. But if I entered a sparring match thinking that I wasn't going to get punched in the face, that's the that's exactly the problem. You know, if you're if you're releasing software thinking you're not going to like fail, if you're releasing software thinking all of your customers is going to line up and buy it as soon as it's shipped, you know, if if you if you think you know your funding is secured and it gets pulled, like all of these things are assumptions you made that were were like not based off of reality. 
right? You need a real clear picture of what is going to accomplish, what's going to happen to you in the marketplace, and you need to plan accordingly. Speaking of Mike Tyson, I'm reading right now this little booklet uh, about Customata. Uh, this the crazy mm. Italian guy who uh, who was uh, t teaching Mike, um, yeah. and, and he actually in that book, and I don't think he wrote it; it's somebody else who wrote it. But he talks uh, a lot about the fear, and the fear, uh, and gives obviously boxing example of if a boxer is expecting to be punched, like he like he doesn't move, he doesn't attack, he mm -hmm. his body reacts in a different way, his his uh, his legs are not really moving in the right way, and this whole psychology is. Uh, just doesn't work. And then he talks about like, well, first acknowledge the fear, make the fear a good thing, because if you don't have fear, then you're probably a psychopath and something's wrong with you. But fear is good. How, and then he talks about how could you actually make it work for you? But it's it's amazing because obviously uh, you found it to be a very closely aligned. And I do think it is closely aligned to product. Well, I could go on and on and about the fight scenario, but let's keep it on product. Um, what I think is valuable about learning that fear piece. So perfect example, I'm in a sparring match and I'm and exactly right. I'm about to fight and I get blasted and all of a sudden my feet, I can feel my feet go from balls of my feet to flat, right? Immediately yeah. now I can't move, right? I'm, I'm not able to move. I, I, I'm starting to panic. My hands start to drop. I start breathing through my mouth. All of that is going to go very poorly for me. The, I'll, I'll, I, I'm not going to tell you I'm this world-class fighter, obviously, because none of you know who I am. <laughs> so clearly, I'm not a world-class fighter. Um, what I've learned, though, is how I feel when that fear is happening, right? I can identify the, the body mechanics of that fear yeah. state, right, and start fixing it. So like now let's go into a boardroom scenario. I'm presenting a roadmap to a CEO, right? Um, and it, uh, it's not going well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I now like, and this happened to me a couple jobs ago, um, I was presenting a roadmap and, and all of a sudden I was getting attacked from my CEO, you know? And, and immediately I felt that body thing, like I was clinching, I wasn't breathing, all this other stuff, and I wanted to fight back. Because I thought what the way I was being treated was unfair, right? And now all of a sudden I'm entering martyrdom and all this other kind of nonsense, right? Mm -hmm. But then he was talking long enough for me to think, thankfully, and I started picking up on some of the words that he was using. And it was like, I've made promises, this, you know, by this time, all these other things. I'm like, okay, he's afraid, right? He's afraid and he's attacking me. And it just calmed me down. And then I saw, okay, this isn't about me at all. This is about him making promises that he needs to deliver. So how can I like change the conversation around and, and alleviate his fear and his, his anxiety, shorten this whole thing up and get him something that he actually needs for these customers. And within the, within the structure of that conversation, we had done it. The head of engineering was right there. We, we chopped a bunch of things off and you know, like we, we created this MVP on the fly that we both thought was realistic and we actually did deliver. Within that time frame that that CEO wanted, and we walked out of the room and everyone's like, dude, you're a rock star. I can't believe what you just did and blah, 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 blah. And it, that was really the moment that I realized that it was, it was and I had just come from Krav, literally. Like I went to a lunchtime class, went into, took a shower, went into that meeting and just Kravd the hell out of that conversation. And that's when I realized that this was a formula that I could really work with um, that could, again, take the me, take the fear, take all that nonsense out of it 
problem solve in real time under stress by using the framework and it, and it works, man. It, it just like it constant. And the funny thing is I was in a meeting not too long ago and we were leaving and, and, and someone said to me, he's like, wow, it's so great that you're here. It's so great having an adult in the room. I'm like, you people have no idea. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> that just did not seem uh, accurate, but Hey man, like I'll give full credit to the, to the, to, to the, uh, to Krav. Like that's the adult in the room. Right. And in the framework you're talking about, Steve, would that be the one that is uh, clarity, focus, and what was the third one? Is, is that this is the framework? Clarity, intent. focus, and intent. That That is the central tenet of of our self-defense principles in Krav Maga, right? Being clear on, on what it is you're trying to accomplish, um, you know, being focused on what you need to do to accomplish that goal, and having intent to never let it, let, like the, the, let the hiccup stop you. And, and in self-defense, it's like being clear on the goal is I'll be teaching a class and I'll, 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 I'll have the students run a drill where it's a combat drill where you have to hit someone five times and run away. And every single time there's somebody that hits somebody seven times or eight times. And then when I, I stop them immediately, I'm like, I said five. Why did you hit them eight times? And, my, and inevitably someone's going to say, because I had to teach them a lesson. That if that's your mindset in a self-defense, like we're not talking about like a, a like a drunken brawl. Like you have no excuse sure. for that. Like we don't teach people how to fight each other in bars. Like that's that, that's nonsense. We're talking about your life is in danger, and you have to perform these physical, you know, you know, drills or skills rather to get yourself to safety. There is no point in that where you're teaching people lessons. Oh, mugger, you chose the wrong stuff. Like, no, 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 no. Stop. Move to safety. Everything else is a lack of clarity. You are you are not clear on what the job here is to be done. Move that back You're into the office. You're distancing yourself. Sorry, please. You're distancing yeah. yourself, right? From your yeah. from that emotion. Exactly. The emotion is that is ego, right? The I need to teach 100%. them a lesson is I am special. I have some martial prowess and you, sir, chose the wrong sheep <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to let you know about it versus like like I'm in I'm in I'm at risk. I'm in danger. I'm going to stop this danger. I'm going to move to safety. I'm responsible for my safety. I am also responsible for the safety of someone that attacked me. Right. Like chew on that for a second. Like my ego would not allow me to hurt someone because they're making a poor choice and what they're doing with their life right now. Um, oh, I'm a expert or blah, 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 this martial art. I'm going to, I'm going to no. like, I'm going to make, like, I would rather talk to you and make you stop doing what you're doing and must both walk away, you know, harm. I mean, just cause I might be able to throw a punch or kick doesn't mean like I'm guaranteed to walk away from this unscathed or what even worse. Like what if I did cause some serious damage to this person? How am I going to live with that? I don't want to do that. I want to stop them and move away and move to safety. I keep doing this. Let's pull it back into the office. Like um, I want to ship products that, that are empower my users to do their job while also delivering value to the company. Right. My ego has nothing to do with that. 
My ego can only right. mess that up, <laughs> right? No, and that's exactly right. And that's where you talked about hiring product managers for humbleness and uh, and these kinds of qualities, which we will get into a moment. But in the conversation, coming back to Steve, with the conversation with the CEO when he was criticizing you, in your mind, what was the framework you were going through or the sequence of steps? How were you able to get yourself out of that? Like he's putting this on me versus, hey, this is, he's not talking about me. He's got this thing that he yeah. uh, concerned about and we need to we can figure it out sure um well the first i mean first and foremost anytime i'm in that fear state the same thing is like oblique every single time like it doesn't matter how long i've been doing what i've been doing or meditation whatever when 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 it comes out of nowhere your first reaction will always be oblique ah! you know um yeah. and then uh again thankfully he was he was going on a bit of a tirade so it gave me a minute to breathe right so, oh no, bad things are happening, start breathing, right? And then I love user interviews so much. I'm a huge, and we can get into that as well. Um, I started just thinking about it as an interview. This is my customer, my customer's upset. What words, is my, are, my, what words are they using to, to illustrate what really matters to them, right? And, and as a, again, it was like commitment, date, time, you know, like all these different like, things came out. We we're like, okay, clearly he's making commitments that I don't even know about. He's making promises that I don't even know about, right? And, and you know, historically there was a little bit of that that had happened in the company. So like there was some context there, right? Like, oh, okay, this is how we roll. Um, so then I start f able to start crafting a picture of like what the problem is, all right? Now I know what the problem is. And again, we're, about, we're talking about problem solving under stress, all right? Now I have clarity about what the problem is what are some techniques I can use to start unraveling this problem, to start, really the job here is to, to alleviate the stress. The first thing you gotta do to alleviate that stress is, look, we're all humans here. I want to be seen, heard, and understood. And as a, as a product manager, your job is to see your customer, to understand your customer, and show them that you understand them, right? Not just tell them, oh yeah, I'll get you the thing and the feature and blah, blah, blah. Like, like how are they going to feel about the thing you're giving them? Like the social and emotional components of jobs to be done. Again, like another topic that we could go very deep into. But um, that, that thing is where that's when people start really trusting you, right? When you can illustrate that you hear them, you see them, you understand them, and that you are going to, you can solve this. That's when they start trusting you. That's when they get more open. That's when he. That's when he relaxed, like his physicality relaxed. He started listening. He started like because the fear became alleviated as soon as he was he was understood. And 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 man, that's that is that is it. Uh, everything else, we uh, so long as you can do things in short enough cycles and, and measure them in a way where you can learn very quickly on failure. If you can, if you can get into the point where you can have conversations with your customer where they feel seen, heard, and understood, that is to me, ninety percent of it. It does sound that uh, there's some there there's an overlap with techniques that. What was the name of this guy? The FBI negotiator. Uh, you, you obviously, I'm sure you know him. The the famous one. 
uh, who has been negotiating and uh, then he wrote this book about negotiation right. and one of yeah. the principles is to whatever you tell me whatever the thing is you I repeat it in my own words I repeat the same thing in my own words so then you've got nothing nothing to say so you, let's say so, so somebody criticizes the product roadmap then you repeat it in different words but you repeat the same thing for you to say okay yes and now then your the other person relaxes and then we ha can have a conversation because before that it's defense mode it's like you versus me and so you want to get away from that which is i think the psycho logic like not psycho psychotherapy well i think they mm. use the same method in a way when the patient comes in yeah I, i've heard it described as active listening and um you know the thing about these frameworks though is um they're frameworks you have to actually believe them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you actually have to be actively listening, you know? And, yeah. I, and I've seen, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen people like do that thing where like the CEO says something and then you just repeat back what the CEO said, but it's like, man, like <laughs> there was nothing behind that. You know what I mean? Like you got to also sort of believe that, right? Like you can't just, you can't, uh, and this is the thing about product management that actually kind of drives me crazy um, because there, it's such a framework heavy discipline you know, like circles and all, all these different things. I'll, I'll see a product manager that doesn't have a ton of experience come in and just start like rattling off these framework type things with, and I'm like, stop, <laughs> you know, let's talk like yeah. human beings for a second and just, like, just stop it. You know what I mean? Like frameworks are there to help and guide, but, but, but they are not the only thing that's going to get you across the finish line. They're not going to actually build a product for you. Right. They're, they're meant yeah. to, to, to like keep you in on the rails. So again, like, if you're going to use any of this stuff, believe it, because because I know authenticity is a buzzword. It's real, and people can tell when you're fake. So so don't be trying to crabbaga someone <laughs> if you don't you've know. You've done what you're it enough. About. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need a little bit of mat time. <laughs> what, yeah. what um see what bad things or recommendations you often come across in product management. Um, or something that's recommended to product managers, maybe directors of product or conferences that you often hear. Sorry, uh, what are what's bad advice or bad, what advice? Yes, no, no, bad recommendations, bad advice, bad advice in the industry. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think it. Um, I think it's spending too much time on how how we're building and not why we're building. You know, and I think that kind of ties to the framework stuff that I, that I was kind of ranting about just a second ago. I think that um, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there about how to break into product management. There's a lot of information that's built really focusing around how to get into like a Fang gig. Um, and there, look, their their execution is like next level. Like I, I have friends at Facebook that are amazing product people, and and they're very very bright. Um, and they're great at what they do, and, and they do care very much about who they're building for. Um, I think a lot of the a lot of that a lot of that guidance is trying to avoid why people want things on social platforms. And again, it, it's back to just like how to build things quickly, how to iterate, how to use data, how to how to how to how to how to why. You know, more why people. That's what I'm really pushing here. <laughs> Steve, uh, short 
set of questions, blitz questions, one to two sentence answers. Uh, let's uh -oh. see what you're going to say. <laughs> that that <laughs> is should, not my strength. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see. It's, it should yeah, be. We'll should give it a try. <laughs> yeah. How do you ask better questions in product? Why? Always ask why. Like the follow-up is why. What have you become better at saying no to over the years? Features. Uh, adding features to the backlog. Again, why? Hmm. <laughs> there are so many memes around it. There's not much, not much even to say. Uh, if I could only, if, if let's say you could only work two hours per week, what would you do? I would want to make sure that everybody that was executing across the top priority of the company was aligned on what we were trying to accomplish. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? That's pretty, I guess, easy. I, I know I have, a, I have a feeling what you're going to say. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I would really like to get better at fatherhood. <laughs> and I think that's a profession that, that we all could uh, you know, build better skills upon. I'd like to take some of this crop training into my house, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. What is one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Um, the most worthwhile investment I ever made was uh, instructor training for Krav Maga. Yeah. Last one. What is one, two, or three books that have greatly influenced your life or your product life? Yeah. Um, Anything by Clayton Christensen, specifically the Jobs to Be Done framework, uh, changed my perception on on product. I think I said this before, but um, it, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life since since discovering Jobs to Be Done, and I just think all product people should be intimately familiar with it. Um, and then uh, I would say uh, the obstacle. Uh, I always call it the wrong word, but um, the obstacle, obstacle is the way. Is the I always way. say the obstacle is the path, but uh, the obstacle is the way. Um, and yeah, really like getting comfortable with, with, with obstacle, getting comfortable with making decision uh, under that, that pain, under that stress, not expecting it to be an easy path. Um, I think that's really critical. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for coming for Product Innovation Show. This was great and um, I really enjoyed it. Hope you did too. And I will listen. Right on. Appreciate it.